your host today, Michael Martin, and I am joined by Mr. John Barry. John, what's going on on this fine Friday evening? Not much, buddy. I'm ready, ready to talk some Thunder basketball and some oh, tanking that they can't what do. What else would you rather do in this world than talk about <laughs> this Thunder team with three NBA players? Oh my gosh. Uh, but tonight, Thunder win. They actually won a game, 129-125 over the Indiana Pacers in overtime. Second night of a back-to-back after getting blown out by the Phoenix Suns. No Josh Giddy tonight, but no problem as Shea scores 36 on 9 of 12 from the line. One of five from three, but 13 of 24 from the field. He outduels uh, OU Sooners legend Buddy Heald, who had 29 of his own on five of nine from three and 12 of 21 from the field. What are your big takeaways from this game or a big reaction? Um, a, th- the, a Thunder team that really needed to lose a game against a team they are directly competing for and tanking for the lottery. Yeah, this I is mean, a double dip game. You really needed to lose this game, and it's just tough because you have Shea Gilgis Alexander, who is easily the best player out of every team that is currently trying to tank, mm-hmm. or at least you know get uh, get a good lottery pick. But um, yeah, watching him hoop those, it's it's very fun because he he gets to the bucket really easily. No one can stay in front of him. He makes plays. He hits shots. Um, but then it was really nice also to see Trey Mann uh, with some consistency, and you could just tell his confidence is going up. And uh, he's he's also starting to switch it up, not with just the step backs and the you know catch and shoot, but he's taking it to the bucket, getting to the free throw line. Um, that's some things I wanted to see, and he's doing that, so it's it's good. But um, you just when you play with your G League team, you should lose this game. Yes, um, G League team plus Shea, plus Shea, and maybe Trey. Yeah. yeah. But Trey, yeah, he played well. 22 points, 5 assists, 4 boards, 3 of 6 from 3, 8 of 17 from the field. More impressive, he played 34 His minutes. Game's smooth, zero, man. He had zero turnovers. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a perfect game for him. He's, he's got a really smooth game, and all, having no turnovers for his age and what he's able to do now is it's huge, but it's also against a team you are directly tanking against if yeah. you can do it. <laughs> yeah, now the uh, Pacers only trail the Thunder by half a game, but there is still plenty of time to be played in this season. Yep. I, um, I mean, they played some lineups that were bad. I was telling my dad they had one lineup that was... Um, I mean, Isaiah Roby started the game. Yeah. Like, it, they had the, a lineup of guys, of five guys, who won't be in the league in three years. Yeah. And they were outscoring the Pacers. I mean, I got to give Roby credit, too, because on some pick and rolls, like, he did the right thing. Now he didn't make it, but you know I, I like seeing it. And honestly, Trey Mann's pass, I think it was in the first quarter, top of the key. Yeah, underhand weaving it right through when the postman was on the high side defending it. That's that's tough. Like those are plays I love to see from him because they're hard hard plays to make, and you can just tell like he's gaining confidence making those kind of plays. Uh, Bays had some nice plays. He won't, only went six of sixteen, but he had some nice stretches there of uh, bringing some energy. He had a huge really three needed. with yeah three minutes. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. what you need from a guy like him. And that was the only one he made. Yeah, I know. But it, like I said, consistency with him would be nice too on his jumper. But how about your guy Poku? Six of nine from the field, one of three, thirteen points, two assists, hit some jumpers. Um, it wasn't terrible, but it's just like there's just some plays when he catches it. I feel like he just doesn't know what to do on some some plays. Now, I'm not saying like all the time, but like if he's, you know, if he catches it and he thinks he's about to go for a jumper, but he doesn't, you know, what do you do with the ball? Because there was twice on the right side in the middle, and I'm thinking it was in the third quarter, mm-hmm. where he catches, jump stops, fakes to the right, goes middle, guy beats him to the spot, 
he gets caught in the air and tries to make a turnaround pass back to the right side and the guy wasn't there because he started cutting. So it's like you do things like that when you're a seven footer and, you know, get caught in the air or just, you know, you catch it and guys quicker than you, you know, pick it up, pass it, move it. You're you're not KD. Yeah. You know, Let's be realistic. Like he also if on this Thunder roster, he's probably played the least amount of basketball of anybody on the team. And he's the youngest kid. I mean, I'm just I'm criticizing yeah. him and he's very young. Like and don't don't get me wrong, but, but I want him to be good. It's just Sometimes I, I just see certain plays like that. I'm just like, damn. I just, Fair enough. Ugh. I mean, especially, I mean, but a lot of those mistakes that you're talking about, I think they're only going to improve the more minutes he plays. Yeah. I mean, for all of them, too. Like, Lindy Waters plays 24 minutes tonight. And, mm-hmm. you know, what, two for seven. Uh, it, you hit a couple more shots for him. He's 15, 16 points tonight. Yeah, three of eight, two of seven from three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, he looked nice. He moved his feet well. Um, they had Olivier Saar, who looked like discount Marvin Bagley out there, which... <laughs> That is not a discount version of a player you want to be. At no, all. that is not. Uh, Vic no. Crutchy was okay. He only played 18 minutes, but he looked really... He had some good fouls. Yeah, he looked better in the game <laughs> yesterday. Aaron Wiggins, um, back, you know, in the last two games, went four to six. He had some tough finishes, eight points. Just nothing to write home about, but just a solid game. Solid player, yeah. Anything stick out to you from the Pacers side, other than that they're better at losing than us? I mean, yeah, Buddy Heald, it's just, you know, he... I think him and Halliburton, they got a, the Pacers got a steal for them too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for it kind of honestly makes sense for them to tank and get another good player because, you know, depending on if Miles Turner gets healthy again, you know, they could find a good 3-4 man. Imagine if they get Paolo. You run out there with a lineup. I'd, li- of, I'd, I'd like that. Yeah. You run out a lineup of Halliburton, Brogdon, Heald, Turner, Bancaro. I like that, actually. Yeah, that would, that would look real they nice. They can have the third pick if we get one or two. That's, that's the only <laughs> way it works. Um, but speaking of last night, um, or speaking of Thunder basketball with last night, you know, they lost the Suns, but it was the first game of really off-ball Shea. Mark Dagnalt and some of the coaches have talked about that for the rest of the season, they're going to really focus on trying to get Giddy as the main facilitator. What did you think in that game? So I saw, I saw some people trying to make a story about, you know, Shea wasn't happy about it or Shea seemed off about it, which he might have. But personally, would you rather have Shea bring the ball down and Giddy play off ball? No. Okay, why? Because Giddy without the ball is just not as dynamic as a, of a player or effective of a player as Shea is. Exactly. He needs he's, the ball. He yeah. is, Giddy is a facilitator. He's not just a straight, you know, I'm not saying Shea is just a straight scorer, but he can do it a lot better than Giddy. Yeah. So if Giddy's bringing the ball down on a pick and roll to get the offense started, so be it. When Shea catches it, your first thing is going to be to score or make a play for mm-hmm. someone else, you know? Um, and he's really good at that when he brings the ball down no one can stop him. So, like, if you have to do that sometimes when he's hot, by all means. But I love the idea. I love that Dagonault said we're going to stick with it because that'll give, you know, Giddy the time to adjust and, you know, start being a floor general um, where, you know, if you have him and Shea doing that, kind of if, if they get good chemistry. That, well, and you can stagger of, them. They're not going to play together all the time. I no, mean, in big games, fun. you want them to, yeah. but... For a regular season, they're not going to be on the floor all the kind of I think, time. I think you want to try and do as much as possible to help the chemistry, though. Yeah, that's Especially fair. right now while you're tanking, or at least supposedly. I don't know if you're <laughs> really trying to because you take it overtime and win. But Shea, back-to-back 30-point games. I, I'm with you. We've been talking about this for a while of get Shea off the ball. Not in a bad way, but just it's more effective with Giddy on the ball as a creator. Mm-hmm. But to play, I guess, the devil's advocate for Shea of why he, quote-unquote, might be upset. No one can stay in front of him. Yeah. If he brings the ball down, it's that. I mean, it's, it's, it's easy for him to get past you mm-hmm. when he has a head of steam. So I well, get that. He also had that GQ article where he called himself the Black Steve Nash. He's 
called himself a point guard many times. And then they've talked about, you know, like moving off ball. Will this be similar to when you played with Chris Paul? He doesn't Paul? have the passing Steve Nash had. I'm not going to disagree with you. <laughs> I don't think that's a really hard discussion. Well, if you know, wants, the only thing that they have in common that is quote, that they are so. both basketball players and they are from Canada. It came out during the preseason. Gotcha. But um, I don't know. For Shea, it's got to be a little bit irritating where you're the face of the franchise. You want to handle the ball. Even, this is, even if this is the best thing for the team, people talked about, you know, he moved off the ball for Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder. And it's like, okay, well, this is a little bit different. Because Chris Paul is like one of the five greatest point guards in the history of basketball, for one. He Dennis Schroeder's a, Dennis a vet, and Shea was in his second year. Shea is now a guy who's a fringe all-star, and he has to give the ball up to a 19-year-old rookie. I just from that. the outside looking yeah, in. Yeah, no, I, I get why it can be upsetting for him. It's just, excuse me, um, you got you to gotta try to adjust to it. You, I mean, at least try to. Your, your first instinct or first... First thing you're gonna do when you get the ball is score. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what you want to do, right? Like, it's gonna be sh- easier. Yeah, and you want, sh- and you do want Giddy to be bringing it down and kind of running the offense, or at least getting something started in motion. Because sometimes when you just come down, you do the one-on-one ball. That doesn't always end up in a great shot. You just hit him. Yeah, I get it. But I mean, you want better looks. I mean, this will help it. It should help it. I didn't even think the ball movement was that bad tonight without Giddy. Um, Trey, I thought, was really good with that. Um, Shea was really moving the ball, but he was getting downhill and just unstoppable. I loved watching Trey when he drove. He didn't catch himself out of controller in the air. He always either drove all the way through or made a pass to the opposite side. It's yeah, just like very controlled. It was, it was a lot better than previous i think for for trey he's getting a lot better with contact for sure yes he he was really avoiding it early in the season but he looks like he's really getting comfortable and which shots he should be taking i mean he's taking shots from like the timeline yeah and stuff like that and step back his shots gotten a lot yeah it's 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 just consistency with him and i and it's good He, he needs more of it yeah but um for shea he had a great night last night efficient 30 again back to back and then also i think some of the like we saw the quotes and he didn't look super super enthused some of it is because he's coming off an injury some of it is because they and lost still goes thir- i mean it's yeah. just the numbers you put up after coming off injury against you know the suns and then i get the pacers but like that's it's, it's still really Mikhail Bridges and DeAndre Ayton and all those guys are a really good team. They didn't have Chris Paul, but that's not going to stop them from still being a really Booker, good. Devin Booker, who yeah. down the stretch is the reason they end up losing by 20 when they're mm-hmm. you know, neck and neck the whole game. I'm seeing a lot of people out there on social media talking about that the Thunder need to pick between Giddy and Shea, which is just a ridiculous thing to say because they can play together. And it's like because are, they want either one or both of them. Yeah. <laughs> There's just I see that's, people that's, that's like, well, is, is Giddy the guy? Is Shea the guy? It's like, why does it matter? Like, we're in year two of a rebuild. No <laughs> one's permanently on this team. I think Shea and Giddy are, like, most firmly there, but no one's set in stone. So I wanted to ask you, because I think we both think pretty highly of this duo between Shea and Giddy. Of it a could be something duo. really good, yes. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to go through some other young duos in the league and just who are both 25 and under from around the league, and you just tell me, would you rather have Shea and Giddy or these two, and we can just talk about it for a second. Okay. Trey and John Collins. Would you rather have those two together or Giddy and Shea for the next 10 years? Giddy and Shea? Yeah. I agree. Here's, I, and this is no slander on, on Trey. I, this is more on John Collins. Yeah. Um, he is, he, you know, what he is off the pick and roll, it's, it's dangerous if he gets ahead of steam and Trey gets past the first guy that either steps up and helps or hedges. Um, and his jumper, too, is solid. But 
I just don't see him having a higher ceiling than just kind of where he's at right now. Yeah, I think John Collins at best is your third or fourth best player on a really good team. Yeah, and you know, and there could be nights that he he puts up some numbers, but it's just like, well, you know, what else could he do if it's not off the pick and roll, mm-hmm. and or maybe it's like a corner three and a spot up, you know, those kind of shots if it's wide open and Trey finds him, you know. But being a creator, being off the dribble, yeah, he doesn't have it compared no, to those guys. And, and Shea and Giddy just combined for the potential they have. It's it's. I agree, of, and I think that. Shea and Giddy could um, arguably be better than Trey at some point. I mean, some people would say that Shea is better than Trey right now. Well, Shea... There's an argument, at least. Shea and Trey, well, they're just, it's, that's tough because, like, they're different players, in a sense. Mm -hmm. You know, Trey spreads the floor by coming down, and if you're not guarding him as soon as he crosses half court, he's going to start firing away. And once he gets hot, you're going to have to step up 35, 40 feet. And he's a better facilitator than Trey. He's, yeah. Or Shea. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. I think as a scorer, though, Shea is more pure and smooth. And uh, I think his length and the way he kind of moves, he's a little, he, Trey's shiftier, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, Trey, Trey will make you freeze. He'll make you stop in your tracks. Um, and his shot gives him an advantage because he stretches the floor so much. Yeah, I mean, it's a coin toss. I don't think there's really a wrong answer. I like Shea just for the defensive versatility as well. Correct, yeah. I mean, but just two, two way, mm-hmm. back, uh, down and back, you got to take Shea because you can at least guard, you know, maybe your best player. Next up, Gideon Shea or Jalen Green and Alperin Shingun? <sighs> Um, Gideon Shea. Yeah, I don't think no it's a brainer. big one. I, you don't want uh, no discount Malik Monk and Enos Cantor as your core. I don't want anything to do with the Houston Rockets and their organization like or any of their players right now. All right, here here's one that's a little bit tougher because these guys are more established. De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis or Gideon Shea. I mean Gideon Shea, but they have the higher ceiling. But these guys have you know they're right now. I mean Fox is see, but with Fox, I don't. I think just being with the Kings is why, like, mm-hmm. I just have my doubts because, you know, they've just been in the gutter for so long. Um, but Sabonis right now is playing great basketball, like really good. But like in the long run, I'm definitely taking Shea and Giddy. Yeah, unless they're an Embiid or Jokic level guy, I think you should always take the perimeter guy. Embiid and, and Jokic are on a different level. Well, that's what I mean. Else. Unless yeah. they're on that level right. or a Carl right. Anthony Towns or something like that, you need right. to take the perimeter guy. Perimeter guys in this day and age in the game are just more valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, we've got Cole Anthony and Jalen <laughs> Suggs. Or you can pick Mo Bamba. You can have any of those guys. No, Shane Giddy. Yeah, that's not I a mean, tough one. No. All right, Miles Turner and Tyrese Halliburton, the guy we talked about tonight. Mm. I like that combo. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's tough. Um, I'm still taking Shea and Giddy, and that sound. I mean, it all. I mean, of course, we're talking Thunder basketball, so it sounds biased. But um, Halliburton and, and Turner could be interesting. It's yeah. just you know, with Turner, you just with Shea and Giddy, you have you have a longevity with these two guys. So when you're comparing them to some of these guys, it's like right now, yeah, damn, they could be pretty good. Um, I'm talking about the for the next around. ten years. Though. Yeah, exactly. So I'm taking Shea and Giddy. Yeah, I agree with you. I just. I think both those guys just have a much higher ceiling than Turner or Halliburton. Yeah, and I mean, look at I mean, look what Giddy did at the All Star game. Like he was the best rookie out there, and you know, mm-hmm. it just was so nonchalant because he's not, you know, Kate Cunningham, the first. You know, I mean, it's I'm taking them. That's okay, the, this one's going to be the hardest one so far. Shane Giddy or Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Ooh, 
you've got two guys who are really, really talented, two-way players who are really efficient, mm. but they don't necessarily mix well together under this current construction. They've been playing a lot better, though, now that they got Derek White. Yeah, I mean, especially, yeah, the Celtics put a beat down the Nets. Now the Nets didn't have anybody that they, were, they, they will be starting soon, but they But the Celtics are like the number one defense by a country mile since they've yeah. made that trade. Oh, man. I guess for the next 10 years. I might have to take the Celtics, guys. I'm, I'm thinking I, I might take Tatum and Brown. But, um, man, that's tough. I think I'm taking Tatum and Brown just because they're, they're two really good guards that could also. They're two-way guys who can create, shoot, pass, dribble. Do it all. Yeah. So it's, that's, that's tough. But I'm, I'm probably going to take the Celtics, guys. We'll revisit yeah. this in 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Zion and Brandon Ingram. Or Shay and Giddy. Oh, like Shay and Giddy. Yeah, Zion, the health thing Zion, is too scary. Yeah, it's right now. And I mean, who knows if he's even wanting to play for the Pelicans right now? You know, we'll get to that later. How about Luca and insert teammate versus Shay and Giddy? You can just take Jalen Brunson. <laughs> Shay, Shay and Giddy. I mean, Mavs do not know what they're going to do with Luca, and that poor man needs help. Before. That's tough though, because Luca has the chance to be the best player. You're going to blink, and he's going to be 30, and they're not going to have done anything with him i'm not well under this situation i am not owning i am not mark cuban i am smarter than him and i'm gonna figure this out i mean dude it's just with Kristaps. i was even when they when they got porzingis i was like uh i don't okay i i, I guess i get it you know mm-hmm. but then it was just like i mean he also is kind of a liability which he was proven to be and then you get rid of them and you make a horrible trade yeah you know it's just so like that's why i'm questioning like what the hell are you doing so I'm definitely taking Shane Giddy, but, you know, get Luca help. Yep. I, I think it's a little bit debatable just because Luca just has such a high ceiling as an individual player. Like, all that stuff, that ISO stuff that Shay does, he can do that. <laughs> passing, oh. passing like Giddy, Luca can do that. Yeah. Luca is incredible. So I, The numbers, he, I mean, I hated on him just out of spite of my Dallas friends at, at the beginning. Like, it just... I, I did that for fun, but also I was just kind of like, you know, and, and T.Y. is better, like they messed up. But then you just see what Luke is able to do. I mean, he just makes it look so easy, like Katie said, just very nonchalant. Um, his step backs are dirty, and the numbers just speak for themselves. So. And he's a he one-man offense. Yeah. But he needs I, help, but I mean, in the, in the sense of like LeBron, like Houston, James no Harden. no one can stop him one-on-one. Yeah. Like once he gets going, it's just, what, I mean, what are you going to do? And the shot making is crazy, but I think yeah. that one's a coin flip. I'd probably stick with Shay and Giddy too, just because you get two guys instead of one. Insert play. I mean, you got to give me a player that you know. Jalen Brunson. No, yeah, okay. it's Shane Giddy. Jaw and Jaron Jackson Jr. or Shane Giddy. Oh man, Shane and Giddy because I think with Jaw, um, we saw. I mean, with what kind of like what he has the explosiveness of like Westbrook. Mm-hmm. We can we can probably yeah. argue that's true. Um. But he doesn't have the pull-up that Russ did. Um, like, I mean, 100 miles an hour, stop on the dime. Yeah. Free throw line jumper or something. Um, but, man, I'm going to take Shea and Giddy. I'm, I'm going to take Shea and Giddy on that one. I, I think Jaw's really freaking good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he needs a few, a few more pieces to make, like, a championship run. Um, and I think he can do it. But I think longevity and Jaron Jaron Jackson's also been kind of injury prone, isn't he? He's a little had, bit. Pretty sure he's um, had two injuries. He's another guy who was super super young coming into the NBA. Right. He tore his MCL or ACL last so year. It was his MCL. Yeah. MCL. 
but he's still like, and he's like the ideal center in today's NBA as far as a guy who can block Especially shots, pick and run the rim, he's shoot lengthy. threes. Yeah. I don't think there's another wrong with, I might go with Memphis. I think the only cause for concern is what you're talking about with the injuries with I just, I just think J. like if you take like, when you're taking these two players and you think of longevity of the next you know, decade, mm-hmm. you're thinking about also that not just them two playing together, but like the team you could build around them. I'm thinking with Shane Giddy, you can build a really fun team. Yeah, you think well, you can, more you can with some of these. You can with a lot of uh, a lot of these duos, but you are kind of because, like with us, if we were to add like Miles Turner, like mm-hmm. a healthy Miles Turner, I'm taking that and Giddy and uh, Shea all day. But like with like you said with Jaw and Jaron, Jaron's like the ideal kind of center you want for in today's league. But also, I I would take the bigger guy with Miles Turner who can kind of do what he can do. So I don't mean I don't know. You could play. We could play a lot of different scenarios, but. Um, and then you also got to give credit to Ja. He's got them in like the three or two seed in the West right now, I mean, and he's playing MVP level basketball. But like I said, with Russ is or what I didn't finish was Russ's explosiveness. It doesn't last forever. Like he can't do that every play, you know, for you know a long period of time. Like it eventually, you know, wears on your knees. It wears on your body. I think Ja will end up getting a shot. I mean, he's got great touch with that floater. And I'm not saying things. he doesn't right yeah. now. Even I'm just saying like. That explosiveness is his major advantage because you can't stay in front of him when he gets ahead of steam. And when he jumps, you definitely don't want to jump with him. So, mm-hmm. you know, once, once you start kind of losing that, then you got to adjust your game. So, final verdict you want yeah. those two for Memphis or you want the OKC duo? OKC duo. Yeah. Um, and then let's see, I got a couple more here. Uh, we've got LaMelo and Miles Bridges. Mm, Shane Giddy. You think so? You think that I mean Shea and Giddy could be I think well, like Miles Miles Bridges so is a distant fourth, but I think that Lamelo could end up being the best of that, out of those four. He could be, but when you're talking longevity with both players, Miles Bridges, I don't know if I'd want him for the next ten years. You know, yeah. Um, he's a good scorer, but who knows? A lot of that might just be the product of playing. Well, he's with also. Lamello. I mean, you could kind of compare him to a more. I mean, maybe not even a more. Maybe like you know a John Collins. Mm-hmm. You know, that's fair. So. Okay, this one, I don't know how you're going to pick the Thunder one. Booker and Aiton. Oh, Booker and Aiton. Got to pick mean, those yeah, two. They just made the finals. Even, even without Chris Paul, those guys are <laughs> going to be on. really, really good. Well, and Booker's in his sixth, seventh season now, and he's, you know, mm-hmm. he is the dude for them. So, like, and Aiton, I would love to have Aiton, too. Mm-hmm. So, when I'd want to have both those players and we almost got one of them, you know, it's just, I'll, I'll take them, yeah. Um, Scotty Barnes and OG Ananobi. Shane Giddy, yeah, because OG, I've I've watched him play. He's very inconsistent. Um, he's a classic. He's two years away from being two years away type of guy. Yeah, like and and with that, every two years, like it extends. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Scotty, like you saw him, you know, even a rising all star. Like I don't know if he was messing around or what, but he was. I was like, damn, this is not how he plays when he no. plays a five on five. Like this is gross. <laughs> How about um, Cade, and you can get Sadiq Bey or Isaiah Stewart as your other one. Or you can have Marvin Bagley. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, Shane Giddy. Yeah. Just all I the really second. Like Cade, but there's some of these duos where it's like there's that one guy where I'm just like, oh, yes. But then, you know, you, you name Sadiq Bey or, you know, insert player here. It's like, what do you, you know, you, you don't want to take any of these guys. Because, like, the Pistons, they're probably going to get rid of Sadiq and probably pass Bagley on to somebody else pretty soon. Mm-hmm. You know? How about the, another young core that made the finals in the last couple of years? Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero. Mm. You mean the uh, bubble finals that yes, just didn't exist? That existed. <sighs> I'll get Miles in here. He'll smack you. <laughs> um, 
Honestly, Shea and Giddy. I would take those two. They both have a much higher ceiling than both yeah. those guys. The, both those guys are really valuable players. But Hero's they, a great six man. I'll mm-hmm. give. I mean, I'll give that to you, Miles. Like Hero's a great six man. He's. I think he's. What he done? He averaged twenty off the bench. Something like that. Yeah, he I mean, had a good case to be in the All Star game. And it's very surprising. Even John Calipari was surprised. You know, mm-hmm. when he recruited him to Kentucky, and he was like, you know, I mean, I, you know, I knew he was good. But I knew he was this good. You know. And then the last combination. We've got here Darius Garland and Evan Mobley. Darius Garland and Evan Mobley. I would say the same. That's I mean, my favorite young duo in the league. Easily. I, you, I think you heard me last time, you know, give them all, all the credit in the world to those two because especially Garland and what he's been able to do, he's an incredible player. And, and Mobley, he has proven this year that he made them instantly better when they drafted him. So very jealous of the Cavs too. So I went through about 15 young duos, and I think that we picked the other young duo instead of the Thunders, maybe three. So yeah. I, that's, I wanted to bring that up as a reason of like, hey, let's not panic. We have one of the best young duos in the league. Does that mean that everything's going to work out? No, but let's not press the panic button and act like the sky is falling. And you have Sam Presti that's going to build around And a billion guys. picks. Let's, yeah, let's, let's take a step back here. Well, we have Sam Presti. Not every organization is as lucky. See the New Orleans Pelicans, who are currently not having a good time with Zion Williamson as he is going through major injury concerns. He's not texting back. He's leaving his teammates on red and opened. He's having all the gumbo. He's having all the gumbo. He's eating canes. He's doing all that stuff. He's in Portland working out in new Nike shoes, doing stuff. What do you think about all that's going on with Zion right now? Man, I... You know, I knew he was going to be kind of an injury prone, but I didn't know it'd be like this. And also, does he even want to be in New Orleans? Like, there's no. always, spe- yeah, there's speculations here that he's not enjoying it. He wants to get out of there. Um, it's wild, though. The fact that, like, if that, you know, I don't know how people find this out. Like, you know, oh, like Zion hasn't spoken to CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum, they asked, Kenny Smith asked him at All Star game. He's like, have you spoken to him? He's like, no. See, well, that's crazy. I mean, yeah, that's not good for team chemistry, especially for the guy that you were going to kind of build around. When Zion has played basketball and he's been healthy in the NBA, like he is a different. He's been like mini mini Shaq. Yeah, I mean he's a bully. He, you know, even when he's when a shot starts kind of falling, it's he's a good basketball player and he's a crazy athlete. But he doesn't want to be in New Orleans. I think um, I would love to see him go to the Knicks with R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish. Mm-hmm. I think them three would actually enjoy playing with each other. And I think the Knicks could actually make use of him. You're just trying to make a way to get Cam Reddish relevant. That's all you want. It's not no, about Zion. I mean, because if you watch the Knicks tonight against the Heat, like, Knicks are, they're, they're falling apart in any kind of way. But also when you watch, like, I watched a couple fast breaks with Cam Reddish and R.J. Barrett. Like, they're unselfish. Um, they, I mean, you could just tell they like playing with each other, you know. So I figured, why not reunite the third guy that hates playing in New Orleans? And, I mean, because, what could you, what, how much worse could the Knicks get at this point? You know, like it's. Oh, it could be. You're really underestimating no, the Knicks here. No, because like last year, you know, how much, how, how good they were playing towards the playoffs. And then, you know, Treyon comes in and makes a villain out of himself. And entire New York City is, you know, rent, he's living rent free in every one of those. Yes. Cities. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. But, you know, when you watch them this year too, it's like, I, a one's island to go somewhere else besides New Orleans. It doesn't have to be the Knicks, but he, he, I think he needs to get out of there once he yeah, gets healthy. It has not been easy for Zion. I mean, he's on his third head coach in three years, yeah. his second general manager, his second ownership group. Yeah. 
Tim Duncan didn't go through more than one ownership group. He played 20 years. Oh, that's, yeah, but well, played I mean, with Greg Kobe Bryant, you can, well, I mean, I'm just talking about ownership. Like, the fact that an ownership changed while you're in the league is crazy. That hardly ever happens. But three different head coaches, three different philosophies, three vastly different Lots rosters that he's played with. Yeah. Like, it's hard to get in any type of rhythm. And I'm not, I don't blame him because I wouldn't. can't get in rhythm when you're injured. I wouldn't trust New Orleans either. I mean, they have one of the worst training staffs in the league. That's pretty... That's been documented pretty well, especially with that Anthony Davis stuff of the past few years. But hopefully, well, they just couldn't build around him yeah. either. So, yeah, free Zion, and then New Orleans will get the number one pick and reset the timeline. But he's got. But like, I also to not give him too much credit. He's got to be healthy. Yeah. And like, you know, for well, a good period. I mean, I'm not going to say like he's not been injured, but like you know, don't pull like a Kawhi and you know well, pull a hammy and be out two for two months. There's two different routes he can go. He can either go the Greg Oden route, where these injuries just destroy him, or Joel Embiid missed about the, as many games in his first three years, and then he got it. He got almost in really quit. good shape. Yeah, yeah, he almost quit. He gets in really good shape. He fixes a lot of those injury concerns, and he's now maybe the best player in the entire NBA. Yeah. And both those are equally as likely to happen. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, if, if I'm Zion's agent, I'm doing everything I can to... Find a way to get him out of New Orleans. Well, what teams would you like to see him go to other than the Knicks? And this also has to be something because New Orleans has to get something back. Yeah, so I don't know. I haven't thought about it besides besides the Because the only, only reason I haven't thought about it was because of tonight when I was watching Reddish and RJ kind of play with each other. Because Reddish got a few more minutes than at least I've seen him play with the Knicks. But I don't know. Um, especially for a team to give back to New Orleans. But it's not like you know New Orleans is going to know what to do with it. Um, how about Atlanta? They've kind of like built themselves and painted themselves into a corner with a lot of these contracts. If yeah, you have, then what? Then so you you're you saying that like because like, if you want New Orleans to get stuff back, what are they going to get back from the Hawks? So your core basically would be Trey Zion and a couple of those shooter guys. So you'd have R.J. Hunter around him, um, and you would have maybe Kevin Herter. You'd have to give up like picks, a Kong Wu. Uh, John Collins and some other stuff. Because you have Gallinari, you got Lou Williams. I mean, but those those guys expire. Um, Lou Williams expires this year, and Gallinari next year. Okay, well, but you, I mean, if you if I told you our young core rankings is Zion and Trey as a duo, that sounds really really interesting as like a fully totally healthy. Can you yeah. imagine? Yeah, you have Zion, Trey, and a pick and roll with a bunch of shooters around. Yeah, that's tough. That's, that's incredibly tough. scary. Another one that I thought about because they're friends and... I think you still need to keep Capella, though. Yeah. For rebounding and just strictly big man purposes because mm-hmm. I know Zion can do that, but like... I don't think that's someone you would have to give up either. No, but yeah. you would want to keep him because like if, you know, you don't want Zion doing all the dirty work down low with if he's really like, you know, injury prone like this, you want to keep him. Well, yeah. Cl- yeah. Uh, Capella can guard those embeds and guys like that. Exactly. And then you can go small ball five with Zion. You can go point Zion I'm not and saying have I hate pick it. and roll. I, I love it. I like it. I yeah. just, you know picks and i guess like gallinari and lose since you're not if their contract expires you know might as well say bye because it's their vets anyways mm-hmm. but like you know i if they could do that yeah by all means get him out of there and get him with like someone like trey um but yeah i think i i just i would i would just love him love him just to get out because I, I do want to see zion play basketball yeah <laughs> another one that i thought of because they're friends um and they're trying to like we already talked about them being number two or three in the West. How about the Memphis Grizzlies? You, I, I think I would cut off and say we're not trading Ja, we're not trading Triple J, but maybe mm-hmm. you get Desmond Bain and some of those other guys like Dylan Brooks. See, I don't, do you want to trade Desmond? 
he's kind of young and he's kind of he's really he good but basketball, if you know? zion can be that one then you have a contender for the next 10 years and but Jaren that's Jackson, a huge risk yeah. because zion is i mean i'm not saying he's a prone injury but when he gets injured he's i mean he's out yeah but know, i mean because of the b- way his body's built and, and it's, i think jaw is going to be this generation's dame as a leader and i think that could really work out and then triple j is the ideal center that you would want to play next to zion as a leader yeah i agree with that with jaw Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have to be no. the face of the franchise if you're Zion. Ja will do all that. He'll do all the media stuff. He'll take questions afterwards. He'll handle the ball most of the time. I don't think the Grizzlies would be bad. I think, didn't John and Zion play together? Yeah, they in were on the same AAU team. That's stuff. right. So, I mean, yeah, I by all means. Sense. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> how, about, how about our Oklahoma City Thunder? Would you be interested in Zion? Uh, with Shane Giddy? Hell fucking yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you would trade, how you would make that trade because if I'm New Orleans, I'm getting Shay or Giddy bull crap you are we've got assets out the wazoo well, we've got but you're also new orleans who i don't think they want to go into a full-blown rebuild again because they've been rebuilding for so long they don't have to i mean we can give you kenrick and maybe a first round and then like mm. what if they ask for dort trey man and like three firsts dude get out of here don't not into it no no that's crazy for zion right now what i mean what has he what has he done to prove any any of that. Three first rounds, Trey Mann, and or how? I'm just saying hypothetically because jo- uh, he does have like the potential to be one of the best players in the league. Potentially. You yeah. gotta stay healthy to do that. Because like when you say like the route with like Odin or mm-hmm. like you know Embiid. try to yeah, okay. That isn't almost his choice in a sense. It's if, you know, l- luck and blessings are on his side. You know what I mean? Because it's like you, you saw the freak accident with Duke in the shoe, you know? I mean, you go the other way with that, and you blow a knee, and you're done for the season. So it's just like, you know, it's just risky. With, is, with a guy like him and the way his body's built and the things he, he's going to do to it every season, you know, for 80 I mean, it's a long, long beat down on your body, you know, with him. The way he's able to jump and get that high. Um, when you, I mean, I'm not going to. I'm talking like I know what I'm saying with like the body and stuff, but it's just like you see it from players that no, play for sense. a long time. Like it, it, they do wear down. No, it's a physical and, league, and you're playing every night. You're playing like three or four nights a and week. When and when he does down minutes. low and on the outside and just at full speed, like it's, it would wear down on the body. Like it just naturally would. So um, when you talk like longevity, it's just if you, as an organization, gave up that much for him, you're risking a lot for yeah, him. Yeah, he better be healthy. Yeah, fully healthy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think the Thunder should trade for him either necessarily. Unless you just got it for a steal, like a Presti, yeah, like Presti does, you know, yeah. like you know, I, honestly, a Kenrick and maybe a maybe two first or like Kenrick and a first, and mm, if I'm I New Orleans, I'd rather just hold on to him or look at other trades like Atlanta or Memphis. Yeah, or anything but you know, like Presti. That. I mean, if he really wanted him, he probably could find a way to get him. And somehow <laughs> if he really make wanted him, if, yeah, we'll yeah. give you 18 second round picks. <laughs> we'll give you 30 second round picks. Just imagine, what you could have like hell? 12 Draymonds on your team. Oh my gosh. If you guys draft well, which as New Orleans, everyone knows you I honestly well. think, and I bet New Orleans is probably thinking the same thing that a lot of people that at least watch basketball regularly know and are thinking is like, you know, when Zion comes back, you got to keep him back, you know, because they, when you see him play, sometimes they limit his minutes because they're, I mean, they're even nervous, you know, even mm-hmm. when he is healthy. So, or, you got to rip the bandaid off and play him if you're going to play him. I mean, but he's got to be fully healthy by that time when you do that. It's just, I mean, are they ever going to be ready to do that? Do you remember when he debuted and Alvin Gentry was a coach and they played him in five to three minute spurts? No, that's what I'm talking about. That's it's stupid. just, it's stuff like that. But I mean, but it's because you have invested a lot into him. I'm about to say everything, but like a lot into him. And 
if he gets hurt and it's like consistent injuries that are very detrimental, I mean, he's, he will take the Gregor route. Well, and it's even scarier because he's up for an extension this year. Yeah, and, and if so he like, doesn't get it this year, then he can be in a. You can't pay any that man year. an extension right now. You could, I mean, not like not now. Okay, okay. You can well, pay him like an the extension. 76ers, Look, like I'm thinking about them, and then what the Nuggets did with Michael Porter Jr. is you have certain contingencies based on yeah, how many okay. games you play. Yeah, I I shouldn't have jumped on that too fast. Yes, if there's contingencies with kind of the situation that he's been in for a while with the injuries and you know longevity, here's what we're gonna pay you, but. I think that's fair on both sides too, because when he's played, he's been an All NBA level player. Yeah, he's, and but at the same time, we like can't I said, I want to see Zion everything. Williamson yeah. play basketball. Everybody does. Since you've seen his high school highlights, like everybody wants to see him play basketball. Now, not necessarily against like guys like me, like short white guys in South Carolina that he mm-hmm. can just jump over all day. But it's like, you know, you what he does in the NBA and just the way it translates because he's just so big, strong, fast, explosive, like. You want to see that man with the basketball in his hands, fully healthy, you know, on fast breaks, on pick and rolls. But to do that, he's got to be fully healthy. So it's a mystery. I think only yeah. time will tell with Zion. We hope to get him back on the floor. I'd like to see him now because they have a decent team around. Isn't that him. funny though? The Pelicans, the second straight, kind of like, I guess he's not a big man, but you know, he could be in a certain teams, certain regards. I mean, you watch what they did with Anthony Davis. Didn't build around him. Well, they failed around Chris Paul too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's tough, though, because, I mean, Chris Paul made a lot of teams better, but it's like, you know, the Hornets did it with putting shooters around him, and that's not necessarily what you needed with Chris Paul. I mean, Paul. they went to the second round with a team with Tyson Chandler, David West, and Peja Stoyakovich. <laughs> David, David West, I, when that team came to OKC, I loved it. I loved David yeah, West. I, I loved watching that team. Um, I loved Peja. I mean, loved playing with him in NBA Live when I was there. Like, he had a weird jumper, but that, it went in. And, uh, but you know, like I said, with, with them two, I don't want to see them waste Zion. Like they almost wasted Anthony Davis. Technically he should be playing his basketball, uh, best basketball right now with the Lakers. But you know, now injuries are catching up with him and, uh, it's making it tough for him to stay consistent and yeah. being a lot of games. Best so. ability is availability. doesn't matter how yep. good you are. If you're not playing a bunch of games, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you heard the trivia pod that we did the other day, Haley and I. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about the most expensive jersey in NBA history. Mm-hmm. It's the Hornets uh, Chris Paul Valentine's Day jersey. You remember that? Seriously? Yeah, because they're so rare. Do you want to guess how much it's, it was? <sighs> Tell me. I think it was like 33K. Wow. Oh, my God. So we're going to invest I would, in that. I would no have lost Bitcoin. a lot of money yeah. betting on that. Like, which jersey? Yeah, that's Well, that's I know. Crazy. When she asked me, she was like, what's the rarest NBA jersey of all time? And I was like, I don't know. A Rasheed Wallace Hawks jersey. I don't, <laughs> it's Carmelo Anthony Hawks jersey. Uh, Trevor Reza Thunder jersey. A t- uh, yeah, or uh, Kimball Walker Kimba OKC Walker jersey. Thunder. Yeah. <sighs> we'll see. But that's I think crazy. that's going to do it for us tonight. It was fun. I mean... If the Thunder are going to win, you want it to be because their young guys play well, which they did. It's not like they had Ty Jerome and Kendrick Williams and Mike Muscala and Derek Favors balling out. It, it sucks because it's like counterintuitive because you want all these young guys to play well, but you don't want to win necessarily because you want to get other guys. Right. Who do you, well, here, here's, here's my big question for you right now. Who is the MVP in the NBA? Right now. Right now. Like, oh, it's Embiid or Jokic. I would who get, who I would guess, you rather take out of them two? As the MVP and like maybe your starting center? As the MVP, I don't know. I think I might take Jokic for both. 
I why? love Jokic because um, I agree with you. But he's, why? he's lost a ton of weight, so he's already better as a defender. Um, Embiid has him as far as like shot blocking and interior defense, but everything else basically on a basketball. And backing you down. Yeah. Embiid is physically like demanding. I don't know, but Jokic will just maul those guys if you put a smaller guy on him. Oh, he will. I mean, but if you put another big guy on Jokic, he's going to beat him by being a savvy kind of crafty big, you know? Mm-hmm. But if you put a big guy on him or a little guy on him, he's going to, you know, take you the old fashioned post way. But what I think diff- like separates them two is jo- Jokic has vision and passing abilities that a big man is not supposed to have. Yeah. I mean, like, and when I say like vision, it's like when someone's cutting and he's turned facing the other way and he catches it with his back to the goal, you know, he knows where they are to make the right pass. Well, and it's stuff he does. He has zero injury history. He's always healthy. For he, I think he was the crazy only player who started and played every single game last year during COVID. It's crazy for a bit. He's it's also uns- a really insane. good three point shooter, really good free throw shooter. He can beat you in any way you want. He has handles. He's really smart. He's the best passing big of all time. He's the weirdest jumper, but it goes in, and I just, you know. We're going to get you some therapy for all this shot doctor stuff you want to do. You dude, just hate everyone's form. Because it's you like. You hate Clay Thompson. You hate puppies. You oh, hate Steph whatever. Curry. <laughs> no, Jokic, like, those jumpers where it's all the way back on the backside of their head before release point is like, I, I don't know how they do that. It's like a slingshot. <sighs> John Barry wouldn't have drafted Larry Bird. That's all we need to know. Oh, I would have. Thank you. Um, Thank you so much. Shoots it from behind his head. Wouldn't have drafted Dirk either. (laughs) But uh, that's all for us today. Thank you so much for listening to the Thundergrads podcast. We'll be back on Tuesday with Haley and I. Um, Please remember to like and subscribe on Spotify and Apple. And we'll check out all of our social media, such as Instagram and Twitter. Any last words before we get out of here? No, we should start doing call-ins, though, so we can argue with people that disagree. It's just going to be Miles calling and yelling at me. That's it. <laughs> All right. <laughs>